really popular right now is purchase order financing. A lot of the hemp farmers will have a large crop and they might have a buyer. Therefore, those purchase contracts have a value. They become also an asset for the company and I can borrow money against those assets. And so that is one product that I'm finding very popular right now in the hemp community. From MJ Bulls Media, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today in Raising Cannabis Capital, we are joined by Robert Kerr, the managing partner of Echo Capital. Robert, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Dan. I love your story because you're not what I'd expect when I think of a cannabis entrepreneur. You're a banker in Oregon for like 20 years. And so I guess after watching firsthand how federal laws were precluding banks from lending to cannabis companies and you quit your job and you started Echo Capital. I mean, that's just a great story. First off, I got to ask you, how'd that conversation go when you told your wife? <laughs> that is a good story. Uh, well, when I was at Opus Bank, I found a lot of clients looking to find capital. And as a long-term banker, you have put together a lot of alternative sources that are always getting you to try and send them deals to them. Mm-hmm. And so my entrepreneur side of it put two and two together and decided to turn it into a business. In relation to the question about my wife, She, of course, was a little nervous, but I have founded businesses prior to this. So she's not completely unused to the entrepreneurial side of it. But it was obviously a little scary going into an industry that's very wide open at that time. But that's, of course, what creates opportunity. Well, and I think your experience, really, I mean, I think that's what sets Echo Capital apart is 20 plus years of seeing deal after deal after deal you know, you can provide real guidance to these cannabis companies that are looking for funding. Let's start here. In your experience, what are some of the biggest mistakes that companies make when they seek capital? Well, I actually have a little six mistakes that I find that most borrowers do when applying for a loan with a lender. One, not providing the sources and uses for the capital request. Mm -hmm. Two, not providing complete and accurate supporting documents. Three, not providing the supporting documents in a timely manner. Four, not showing up for calls on time with myself or my lender investor. Five, not responding to requests for more information in a timely manner. And six, not listening to your consultant on how to get the project funded. (laughs) You know, this sounds so obvious, but you're right. It's just doing what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. These things matter. These things matter. If a cannabis company is looking for a loan, like what type of criteria require for getting the deal done? Well, borrowers need to have an understanding that loan packages with lenders have a debt requirement that also has an income to ratio piece of it. And I won't speak to bankies here today, but I can tell you that a lot of borrowers don't realize that just because they have an opportunity in front of them that is has a potential to make income doesn't always translate into the income that they think it's going to be. And so therefore, loan packages that the borrowers need to have need to reflect that by making sure that they have a strong personal financial statement, conservative projections, and making sure that if they have revenue, that they have good financials in an order that allows for the lender to review them in what we call a gap standard. 
And if we can do some of those things by working with the borrower to ensure that those items are put together, I find that the ability to get a loan is a lot easier and a lot cleaner moving forward. Yeah, I th- I'm sure you run into a lot of entrepreneurs who are, everything is blue sky. There's all green lights down the road and there's no problems and we're never going to have an issue. And sometimes they just need a reality check. I mean, it, it's sobering, but it's a lot better to learn that before you have a problem. I've noticed on your website that you don't charge upfront fees for your services. I know a lot of firms do. Why does your firm go with success only? Well, our group is trying to be more of what's called in the banking community, a relationship banker. A lot of the banking community has this style. And being a former banker myself, I wanted to carry that into this industry. And we're looking for long-term relationships. I don't see the borrowers as transactions. I see them as people. And when you see people as people, not as a deal, that allows you to have a different frame of mind of who they are and what they're trying to do. And the more I can make them feel relaxed and honest to be able to communicate what is they're trying to accomplish, it allows me better to do that. Yeah, I know I would feel much more comfortable if I had a relationship similar to the one that you do versus here's upfront money and good luck. I know another thing that you've incorporated from mainstream banking is tombstones. And on your website, it's very refreshing. You have a tombstone page. You should check it out because this tombstone page is very cool. It has all of the deals that you've done. And one thing that struck me, how broad the funding range is. Tell our listeners like what's the smallest deals you've done and some of the biggest deals you've done. So currently we have about 57 active clients that have a range of a $250,000 request And then we have requests as high as $60 million, and that has been more of a real estate-based project. They have all different ranges in regards to what's needed, depending on the product mix. Yeah. Well, I saw that if somebody's interested in in getting a loan, there are a number of different things that they can apply their loans for, including, as you just mentioned, real estate and equipment. But that's not the end of it. There's other things that you can get a loan for. So I find in the hemp space, what's really popular right now is purchase order financing. A lot of the hemp farmers will have a large crop and they have it coming due, as you know, the season is coming up in this September, October, and they might have a buyer. Therefore, those purchase contracts have a value. They become also an asset to the company and I can borrow money against those assets. And so that is one product that I'm finding very popular right now in the hemp community. In the THC community, I've been finding a really big popular product is that a lot of them, of course, are trying to move to more of an extraction process as well as they become multi-state operators making their individual products. So that seems to be really popular in the form of equipment. Another product that I'm seeing that's really popular right now is in the hemp space. The Canadian Stock Exchange is very hot right now on hemp companies, even pre-revenue. And therefore, those products that we also offer to take folks through that process as well has been very, very dynamic. And I can go into that more as well. Yeah, I read that on your website. I was curious about that. You have a division that takes companies public on the Canadian Stock Exchange. How does that work? So one thing we have found through the Canadian Stock Exchange is that they have become what I'm going to call the cryptocurrency marijuana hemp exchange that has been very popular. However, maneuvering through the process of going to be listed, having publicly traded shell in Canada, having your American company here that's looking to raise capital, 
all of that can be a little daunting. And so therefore, you want to have someone that is on your side, your team, that understands that process. So therefore, you as the individual customer don't end up being put into situations that make it unsuccessful. We have found that there's been a lot of groups in the Canadian side that aren't as honest, let's say it that way. (laughs) And so therefore, we want to make sure the customer feels comfortable. And similar to our other products, we only go upon success. It can be a little overwhelming, and we want to make sure that we can hold their hand through that whole piece. Just clarify the on the success payment side. So when you are going public, there's two forms of compensation that is typical. There's the ownership of the publicly traded company once it's gone through. We have find that we charge, we just do 5% of the company. We feel like that's a very reasonable amount to basically be their business partner on the capital side of it because mm-hmm. we've become a portion of their company. And then the other part of it is upon success, there's a capital requirement. And so therefore, we have investors that are wanting to invest in pre-vetted, pre-IPO companies at a share price that will allow them to have a multiple in the future that once it becomes listed. And you're going to need somebody on your side that understands that capital. And that compensation comes usually through the form of warrants. Okay. Well, what's next? What's next for you guys? So Echo Capital, right now at this point, we're always, of course, looking for new clients for the fact that we are hoping that we can continue to serve this industry. The next steps for us would be eventually having be more of an investment bank type firm where we would actually fund deals through us. And so we've been lightly treading on that, going through some different avenues. Oh, that's exciting. No size of deal is too small or too big as of this time. However, I would like to in the future be our own direct investment bank where we fund the deals through us. Wow. Well, good luck with that. We've been speaking with Robert Kerr from Echo Capital. And we'll have all of Robert's information on the MJ Bulls website. And if you're interested in getting... You know, borrowing some money or working with Echo Capital, we'll have everything available for you on the website. Robert, this has been a really exciting conversation. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Dan. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season 1 of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.